And thank you, worship team, for leading us in these great hymns. My name is Steve McBurney. It's my privilege this morning to be able to read the scriptures for today's service. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and I'll do verses 15 through 21. They'll also be up on the screen. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you, Steve. Let's pray. Father, we... uh, We praise you. You are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And um, Lord, I thank you that that even though we uh, are prone to wander and to leave the God we love, that you you won't let us, that you continue to chase us down. I thank you that that we uh, who have put our faith and trust in your finished work on the cross, that we are forever yours that we have been sealed, and that we are secure. And God, I pray that as we, um, as we unfold uh, the topic this morning of thankfulness and the very real truth from your word that, that, um, that giving you thanks is a, is a tangible way that we bring you glory and honor and praise. I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged this morning with the gospel and being reminded of of everything that you have already accomplished and who we are in you. And I pray, Lord, that we would be um, resolved, that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be spurred on to want to live um, um, sacrificial lives of thanksgiving, not to earn anything at all, but because we already possess everything in Christ Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would uh, just enable me to stand behind your word. I pray that you would protect your word. And I pray, God, that, that we, would, um, we would leave this place um, changed. Wherever we're at in the journey, wherever you've got us, Lord, that you would just further our transformation, that we'd leave here just knowing more of your love for us and looking more like Christ. So we uh, pray these things in the powerful, life-changing name of Jesus Christ. And God's people said, amen. amen. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. We are going to um, celebrate um, Thanksgiving today. We're going to we have a, a special Thanksgiving message, and um, and we've got a lot to be thankful for. We had two uh, baptisms in the first service, and we've got one here in the second service. And I just never get tired of hearing testimonies of what um, God alone has done in people's lives. It's just pretty cool. So I hope I hope you are encouraged today. So the the uh, the message today is called the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And the reason that, that I titled it that way is because God's word 
actually refers to, to thanksgiving as a sacrifice. And as I was contemplating this, this big topic, I determined that I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm personally, I'm keenly aware of the present blessings in my life, like the obvious ones. The, the things that bring me encouragement, the things that bring me enjoyment. It's not, it's not too hard for me, actually, to see that I deserve nothing and that everything that I have, whether it be my awesome wife or wonderful kids or super grandkids or this church family or the beautiful state that we get to live in, that, that it's nothing that I deserve and it's nothing that I earn, that it's all because of God's grace is James says that, that, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, everything we have. So that's, it's a pretty easy place for, for me to rest, uh, but it actually gets harder. Uh, I'm also able, by God's grace, to look back at trials in my life. Uh, we all get trials in our life, right? This, this life, God said in this life there will be, will be what? Trouble. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And as I look back at the that at past trials in my life, difficulties that, that Nancy and I have had in our marriage, difficulties that we've had um, with children, difficulties we've had with finances, jobs, relationship, on the other side of those trials, it's pretty easy to look back and see that God worked good in those things. Therefore, it's easy to be thankful. I'm not sure it would be so easy to be thankful if I couldn't look back and see um, the good things that God has done. What's a challenge for me is responding with thankfulness rather than frustration right now, today, in the midst of hardship. So, so first two, A, is that things that bring me encouragement, enjoyment, like right now, there's no problems, it's easy to be thankful for. Um, two is, as I look back and I've seen God's sovereign hand working good out of bad situations from a long time ago, it's easy to be thankful. But right now, in the midst of trials, in the midst of hardship, it's not so easy for me to be thankful. I got, I, if, you've, if you've got a couple hours, I've actually got a bunch of examples for you. Um, I've got a couple examples. So one was that I was sitting at the kitchen table. Um, the church pays for my insurance and for Chris's insurance, which we're both really grateful for. And we go through the insurance exchange. We go through the, the Obamacare. Uh, and don't judge me. It actually saves, saves the church money, and it's, it's good insurance. And, uh, but it's time for renewal. And I was sitting at the kitchen table with my laptop open, and Nancy's kind of doing her thing. And I keep getting kicked off the uh, Connect Colorado website. And like three times. And then so I call them up. I got the 800. So I got the conference thing going here while it's waiting, waiting, waiting. And while I keep getting kicked off of this. And when I finally get on, it shows me a, a tax credit that I get based on my income that I get kicked off. Log back on. And, there, and then it shows me a different tax credit. And I just, the only thing I could do is go, ah, this is horrible. You know, Nancy kind of looks at me and kind of scurries into the laundry room. And at that moment... It didn't even cross my mind to be thankful. Not, not at all. The, um, give you another example. is uh, My son Joey and his wife Brittany live in Kansas City. And they've just been married for, since May. And it's a really easy drive. They can make it here in nine hours or they can fly here in an hour and a half. And, uh, but they don't fly anymore because they've got a puppy. So they, so they now drive. Well, now he's, he's interviewing for a job in Orlando. You don't drive home from Orlando. So it's either kill the dog or get on a plane. It's, we love the dog. His name's Luke. He's a lab. Um, but you've got you to you know, you have priorities. And so, so when Joey told... This is like a major uh, lifetime opportunity for his job path for him. But the only thing I could think of is, oh, you'd be so far away. 
rather than going, that's awesome. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you are working this way in Joey's life. And I'll give you one more example this morning. I mean, it, it, they don't, it, you don't have to go too far back. Um, this morning, um, I walked in here, and there was a, there was a um, different understanding of the way the order of worship was going to be than what I had, as if mine was right, right? And uh, my initial reaction was, I don't know if I should, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to, um, to debrief with the ones that I discussed it with. And, um, the, uh, but, but I know I wasn't thankful. My reaction was not thankful. My reaction was like, really? How did this happen? It's Sunday morning. I'm late already. It's normal. And then this happens. But I wasn't thankful. So today, here's what we're doing today, folks. we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. And Thanksgiving isn't just a holiday that George Washington established in, back in the 1776 or whenever he did it. It is. But, but there's, it's a real command in God's word that we're to give thanks that we're to be thankful. And we're going to talk about that here today. I, I hope that I can make a biblical case that giving thanks to the Lord is one of the most profound ways that we can honor and glorify and please the living God. Practicing an attitude of gratitude is a means by which we become rightly orientated with, towards God. It, it, it involves our relationship with God. And when we become truly grateful for what God has done and He is doing, we can then relax and enjoy our relationship with him instead of always being worked up by whatever's frustrating us or whatever the pains are in our life. The Westminster Shorter Catechism asks this question, what is the chief end of man? In other words, what is God's purpose for man? What, why are we on this earth? What is the chief end of man? And then they answer that question. And they, <clears throat> excuse me, they say the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. He doesn't want just, just cold um, obedience and have us walk around with our, with our heads down. No, we're to enjoy Him and enjoy this life that He's given us. And when we do that, we'll live lives of thankfulness. So before we get to Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21, I want to go backwards and take a look at verses 8 through 10. And if you're new with us here today, typically what we do is we go through a book of the Bible more times than not, and we exegete the passage. We exegete every verse and try to understand what the author was saying to the original audience and what it means for us today. I'm not going to be exegeting these, these scriptures here today. Uh, the, the, we're going to be camping out on just a couple of the verses on what they have to do with Thanksgiving. So I just tell you that right up front. So if we look at verses 8 through 10, it says this. For He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to you and I. For at one time, you were darkness. You were in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And pleasing to the Lord is another way of saying to glorify, to honor, to worship the Lord. Pleasing the Lord. He says, since you are now in the light, walk as children of light. Since you have already been purchased by Christ, walk as ones who have been purchased by Christ. And we see this most clearly in Colossians 1, verses 13 through 14, where Paul, speaking to believers again, says this, he has delivered us, he has delivered you from the domain of darkness, Satan's kingdom, and he's transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of, of light. 
So because of what God has done, please him. Would you get that for me, please? Because of what God has done, we're to please him. We're not to please him to earn more of him. We're to please him because of everything he has already done, because of his finished work, because of his character, because of his promises. Now, if we go to Ephesians 5, verse 15, Paul says, now look carefully then how you walk. Since you've been changed, since you've been delivered from darkness to light, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Back in verse 10, Paul exhorted us to try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. And what's pleasing to the Lord is to do His will. It's living in joyful obedience to His commands. In order to do His will, we need to what? We need to understand His will. How can we please anybody unless we know what it is that pleases them? We need to understand His will. So Paul continues in verse 18. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, we're instructed to desire what is pleasing to the Lord and to understand His will, but without being filled with the Spirit, it's it's an impossible task and we're going to fail. And what Paul's talking about here in this verse, and I'm only going to touch on it briefly, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. This is not a verse about getting drunk. It's a verse about being filled with the Spirit. It's a verse that if, that if we don't walk in accordance to the Spirit, that we're going to fail every time. That Satan's going to have a heyday with us. Our, we're going we're to sin um, uh, day after day. So how do you get drunk? You drink excessively. You drink too much. You drink deeply. And it controls you. So what he's saying is, is drink deeply of the Spirit. And the way we do that is we surrender and submit to God's word. That's, that, is, that is ultimate filling. It doesn't mean that it's a second filling that you profess faith in Christ and then, then all of a sudden you, you uh, 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 growl like a lion or have some kind of holy laughter going on. It means that you now have God, that, that at, the, at the moment of salvation you've got God's spirit and being filled with the spirit is actually um, an effort of surrendering and submitting to what God wants to do in our life. That's what it means to be filled with the spirit. So giving thanks always and for everything is, a, is an impossible task, worst case, or it's drudgery at best unless we're filled with the Spirit. That's all we're going to do on the Spirit. So let's get started with the, uh, in verse 20 with the object of our thanksgiving. Uh, into verse 20, the object of our thanksgiving, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In order to be thankful, there's got to be a, an object for your thankfulness. Um, however, I can, I can understand that 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 anyone, any one of us, including an atheist, including an agnostic, would think fellow human beings, uh, think of fellow human beings and be led to, to thank them for what they've done in our life. Um, in fact, that's one of the, the, the best compliments that we can give somebody. That's, that's one of the best ways to be filled up is when we see somebody doing something that honors the Lord or they've blessed us in some way to thank them. Um, my wife thanks every person that gives her a gift. or I haven't written a thank you card for like a Christmas gift or birthday and like 20 years, because I still haven't got what I want. No, no, that's not the case. I'm just not very good at that. And my, my wife is really good at thanking people. I'd like, to, I'd like to grow in that. 
Um, so, so many of us feel this way towards those who have served or influenced our lives. We're thankful towards them. And there's actually not much more we can do that honors or values someone more than thanking them. And I won't go much further than that. But what about the blessings that we can't ascribe to human beings? What do we do with those? Who do we thank for that? I mean, it's a rhetorical question, I understand. But, the, but, but God's creation, the, the body of Christ, life, new life, the sun, the snow, grandkids. We thank the Lord. And one of the notable characteristics of a growing Christian is the one who honors the Lord through thankfulness. That's a mark of a growing Christian. In Romans chapter 1, verses 21, first part of verse 21, Paul describes non-Christians this way. He says, for although they knew God, they knew about God, they didn't have an intimate relationship with Him, but these non-Christians knew God. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. Therefore, we can surmise that the defining mark of a Christian is one who is growing in thankfulness, which therefore honors the Lord. And then he goes on and he says to, be, to give thanks always and for everything. And I want to examine this, this impossible, actually, and potentially insincere task to give thanks always and for everything. And it is impossible and it's insincere unless we have a firm grip on God's sovereign goodness. It's impossible and it will be insincere unless we have a grip on God's sovereign goodness. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my time this morning. As I was thinking about Thanksgiving and, and how it has lived out, it dawned on me that, that there's three different types of scenarios or circumstances in which we give thanks. We are to be thankful always and for everything. And I think it's okay to understand that the giving of thanks to our sovereign and good Lord may not look different. It may look different depending on the circumstances. We're always called to be thankful in everything, but it's going to look different. And I think it's okay that it looks different. And let me walk you through some of this. Let's take a look. Let me ask you a question. And you don't need to answer it out loud, but what are some of the current circumstances in your life that cause you to be thankful? These are the ones where you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table, the turkey, you're smelling the turkey, somebody's uh, pouring the, the, the sparkling cider, and somebody says, hey, can we go around the table and talk about what everybody's thankful for? And those are typically the things that come out of the things that encourage us, the things that, that we enjoy. I'm thankful for my marriage. I'm thankful for new life in Christ. I'm thankful for my daughter-in-law being pregnant. I'm thankful for the snow that we just had. The, the obvious things that bring us encouragement and enjoyment. What, what are those things? The second question I'd love you to ask yourself is what are some hard circumstances from your past that you've seen God work good in that you're now thankful for? What are some hard circumstances or trials in your past that between that trial and today you've seen God work good in and now you're able to be thankful. There's been some difficult times, as I mentioned, for Nancy and I over the years in, in, in our marriage, with our kids, uh, with our finances, 
um, all kinds of stuff. There's been, there's been difficulties, there's been trials in our lives. And, and as we talk about this often, as we remember these hardships over the years, we actually, it's pretty easy for us to give thanks to it because we've seen God's goodness in it. But we'll say something like, God, thank you for the fruit that you've developed in our lives as a result of this, but we'd rather not go through it again. That's honest, isn't it? And I know some of you experience much greater trials than me. And I know that you can give thanks to it. Not because you enjoyed it so much. Not that you don't miss um, your loved one. Or you don't, you, it's not that you, you don't wish that you, uh, uh, you're not glad that you miscarried. But you, but you can see some fruit in hindsight. But you wouldn't want to go through it again. The, the apostles saw Jesus hanging on the cross. They hung up with him for three years. They saw him beaten. They saw him bloody beyond recognition and hanging on the cross. And I can guarantee you, in the moment of that trial, they were not thankful because they didn't know. But if you look at the writings of Peter and James and Paul, there's nothing but thanksgiving for Jesus' brutal death and his resurrection from the dead because it set them free from the penalty of sin and the power of Satan and the grasp of death. So oftentimes when we're in the middle of a trial, we don't, we don't know it, but in hindsight we can give thanks. Paul talks about this in Romans 8.28. He says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Or Joseph, you remember in Genesis, 12, Genesis 50, all the way through the second half of Genesis, that Joseph was uh, verbally abused by his brothers. He was thrown into a pit as dead, and then when he was alive, they actually sold him to, uh, to, uh, to, to Pharaoh and company. And at the end of, of, of Joseph and his brother's dad's life, they all approached Joseph, and they were afraid that Joseph was going to kill him. Instead, this is what Joseph said. He says, as for you, brothers, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many should be kept alive as they are today. When you're on the other side of hardship, and it may be years, actually, when you're on the other side of hardship, and you see clearly through the rearview mirror how God worked His goodwill and purposes out in your life through a particular trial, you can move towards thankfulness. And I want to just give a, an encouragement. As a body of Christ, we're a bunch of people living in a broken world. And God says in this world there will be trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And when that inevitable trouble, those trials come in our lives of brothers and sisters in Christ, um, our job is not to tell them to be thankful. It's a command to be thankful, and they should be thankful. But our job is to remind them of the goodness and sovereignty and loving kindness of our Lord who sees them in their affliction, who doesn't take pleasure in their affliction, whose nearness is their good. And we remind him of that. And guess what happens over time? As they start believing in the character of God, in the promises of God once again, and realizing that he is good, that he is sovereign, that he is kind. And when they stand firm on that, then their hearts start turning towards what? Thankfulness. 
Because then they know, they remember that God is good and sovereign and He truly does work all things for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. So the first question I ask you is, what are, you, what are some current circumstances in your life that, that cause immediate thankfulness to the Lord? Second question I ask you, are what are some circumstances in your life that you're having a hard time thanking the Lord for? Uh, excuse me. The second one was, what are some hard circumstances from your past that you've seen God work good through that you're thankful for? And lastly is the hardest one. What are some circumstances in your life now that you're having a hard time thanking the Lord for? Just let that, just think through that for a minute. These trials can be small and insignificant, but oftentimes they're hard and they're life-changing. The small things can be insignificant as traffic or trains or technology glitches or Connect Colorado or bad service at a restaurant. And these are actually tests that we often fail because of frustration rather than thanking God for it, knowing that he put that obstacle in your life for your good and his glory. There is nothing that happens in your life, no matter how small or how big, that God has not allowed or put there, if you will. Nothing. But then there's the biggies. There's the biggies that some of you have in your life now. And if not now, you will have at some point in time. These are the hardest circumstances in which to be thankful for. Relational strife, sickness, death, financial difficulties, miscarriages. These are painful situations with uncertain outcomes where you might have a hard time imagining that God could ever work good for it, work good out of it. And I want to be honest here for a moment that we are emotional beings. We're not robots. We feel. We hurt. We sense. Yes, we stand on God's word. And we're emotional. Some of us more than others. We're to be thankful in current circumstances that are painful and may seem hopeless. We're to be thankful always and in everything. However, giving thanks always and for everything does not mean we rejoice in the pain of others or the brokenness in this world. In fact, in Romans 12.15, it says that we are to weep with those who weep. In Romans 12.9, it says that we're to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Yes, we're called to be thankful always and for everything. However, we don't thank God for horrible circumstances such as a loved one who is living in the world or a sickness or a miscarriage or broken relationships or a loss of a job or financial strain in the same way that we thank Him for healing and salvation and holiness. I want you to follow me on this because if you, if you walk away here going, you know what, I don't have to be thankful in the hard things. That's not what this is saying. In God's sovereign goodness, we can see his hand moving for the glory of his name and the good of his people, even in bad circumstances. And what we need, brothers and sisters, we need a theology that is deep and biblical enough that we can hate and repudiate and oppose the evils of the world. 
yet not counsel, cancel out the truth that in these very things, in our very hating of them, in our very working against them, and patiently enduring in them, there is also grounds for thanks because of God's sovereign goodness. It feels like a contradiction, but it's not. We've got many examples from Scripture of men and women giving thanks to the Lord for their predicament before they're delivered from the trial. If you look at 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat is, a, is really a powerless um, general of the army. He's got a smaller army, and the bigger armies are coming against him. They actually call it, um, where's the word? A horde that is coming against him. And, and in, the, in the midst of battle, thinking that they're going to get slaughtered, he's, he's wondering what they should do, and they decide to trust the promises of God. They decide to trust in the Lord, and he gathers, he gathers the army before him. And then he, before them, he chooses to believe the Lord. He chooses to believe God's character. He chooses to believe God's promises. And then in verse 20, they all proclaim together, they, and they give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. They're giving thanks before the victory is even won. And that's what we're to do as well. We're to give thanks because of all that God has done already. And trusting that he will work good even out of bad circumstances. And I want to close this off this morning by um, summarizing how to honor the Lord with thanksgiving. Always and for everything. I want to just give you five points. And the first one is to remember. Remember God's sovereign goodness. Remember that he is sovereign, that he is good. Remember how he rescued you. Remember his character and his promises. Remember that we are sinners saved by grace. And ask the question, how do we express thankfulness for the provision that the Father has made for us in Christ and the riches that we have because of that unspeakable gift of salvation? Remember our salvation. Remember that when we were enemies, he made us friends. Remember that when we were dead, he made us alive. The psalmist says in Psalm 107, verse 1 through 3, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed, that's you, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. He's redeemed us from the worst trouble we can ever imagine. And he gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south. It's good to remember that he has also rescued us from past trials, that he's brought us through. My daughter Natalie, she was, she's got three kids, and somebody at school uh, broke her sliding door in her van. And she's, she's, I mean, I'd be upset too. She's going, how am I going to get home? i got three kids in the van, the door didn't shut. And she calls my wife Nancy. I love the relationship that they have. And Nancy says, honey, God has always brought you through. He's always worked things out, and he'll work things out this time. She didn't say, you know, he'll work all things for good. You need to just be thankful. She reminded Natalie of God's goodness in the past. So first, remember God's sovereign goodness. Two, understand God's will. And giving thanks is God's will. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Third, please Him. And doing His will pleases Him. It honors Him. It glorifies Him. Number four, it could be worse. 
It could be worse. And this is not necessarily something to share with somebody else that's hurting. But it might be something that ministers to your own soul. Because it's true. Romans 6.23 tells us what? That we deserve death. That the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from the Father. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what we deserve is hell. Every human being does. And we've been given grace. We've been given salvation. And everything else is a pretty good day. Lastly, it's a sacrifice. Thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Any type of obedience is a sacrifice. It means, it means checking your rights, checking your preferences, checking your, the way you want to live your own life at the door, and sacrificing not to gain anything, but because you already have received everything. A sa- Thanksgiving, giving thanks when we don't feel like it, is a sacrifice. And before we slide into baptism, I just want to give an encouragement, just a body-wide encouragement as this church is growing, is that my hope, my prayer for this church is that our best witnesses to a lost and dying world would be a community that walks in sacrificial thanksgiving. Ones who know that everything that we have is a gift from the Lord, starting with our salvation and ending with every other uh, little uh, temporary gift we have. Because here's, here's actually what blows the church's witness is when we rail against the brokenness of the world, we rail against the sin in the world publicly through um, social media and whatnot. That's, that's not a heart of thanksgiving. Should we abhor what's evil? Absolutely. Should we weep when others weep? Absolutely. But let us be the most thankful church on the planet because we know that there's nothing that we deserve other than the parish in hell. And we can walk in joyful obedience because we're not going anywhere near that place. Amen? Yeah. So um, let me just pray, and then um, I'm going to invite up Cindy and Jolene, and then we'll start our baptism, okay? Um, And I want to invite the Cooper group to come up and stand up on the side. Father, I, um, I thank you. Boy, those words just can just even roll off my tongue, so insignificant. But Lord, when I, when I um, think about the weight of this passage and the weight of the many passages in Scripture that talk about that, that thanksgiving directed at you for everything that you have done and everything that you are doing, a heartfelt thanksgiving actually brings you glory and honor And it's praise to you. So God, I do pray that um, next time we're uh, just quick to to get frustrated like I am or to, to grumble because things didn't go our way. God, I pray that you would help us remember your sovereign goodness. And that the work that you've begun in us, that you're bringing to completion, and you oftentimes use difficult circumstances in which we're to be thankful for to shape and mold us. 
So God, would you continue to, um, to grow us as a church, not numbers, God? If you want to grow us in numbers, we'll take that. But God, would you grow us um, in Christ-likeness? May we be brothers and sisters who speak the truth and love to one another and remind each other daily of our risen Christ, of our good and loving and sovereign King who gives good gifts. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And God, people said...